This morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, beginning in verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Let us pray together. Loving God, may your Spirit move among us in mighty ways as we receive the gifts of this time of worship. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our strength our rock and redeemer. Amen. Over the 23 years that I've served in uh, churches as pastor, I've leaned heavily toward being liturgically correct about Advent. That is to say, I've insisted that we sing Advent hymns all four weeks leading up to Christmas and not Christmas carols until Christmas Eve. Now this has led to a good deal of grumbling in my congregations. <laughs> but I have generally felt 
that in our culture where everything happens so fast and we rarely have to wait on that much, that the spiritual wisdom of our tradition to, to wait, to anticipate, like a mother waiting for her child to be born, that that is a healthy thing for us to practice. Intentionally waiting to unfurl all the symbols and songs of that special moment, that special, that special day of Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and marking our anticipation with the lighting of one candle per week can be a powerful and beautiful experience. But today, on this third Sunday of Advent 2023, the Sunday on which, by tradition, we focus on joy, even midst all that is wrong in the world. Today, we are getting our full Christmas on. <laughs> Today, it seemed appropriate that in this moment, when it feels, it continues to feel like the world and all of its people are in some ways waking up and in other ways so torn apart and broken that we need as much of this Christmas joy as possible. Today, we're blessed to receive in spectacular form the story of the birth of Jesus through this amazing Christmas cantata. And we're not just singing Christmas carols today, we're singing the Christmas carols. And having experienced all that we've received so far in our service, the text just read so beautifully by Tricia from Isaiah might seem out of place. But during Advent and Christmas, the assigned readings for each Sunday, what we call the lectionary, it includes the prophetic texts from the Hebrew scriptures paired with the gospel stories of the season. And this isn't necessarily because Christians interpret the prophetic texts as literal predictions of Jesus, but rather the prophetic words remind us of the character of God they remind us of the promises of God. They remind us of the call of God upon each one of us. And you see, the prophetic texts inform our understanding of why Christ came to dwell with us, among us. The prophetic texts help us understand what shaped Jesus' life and ministry. In fact, in what I call Jesus' first sermon at his home church in Nazareth, Jesus takes the scroll, takes the text that we heard this morning as his sermon text. Reading from that text, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the oppressed to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and release to prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, 
to comfort all who mourn. Jesus understood his own call in that way, understood that the Lord loves justice, that the Lord's cause is righteousness, that is right relationship between us and God and between and among peoples of all nations. Jesus understood that his life was connected to the story of God's loving and saving activity in the world, activity that began in the beginning when God created all that is. The birth of Jesus is simply the continuation of God's activity to recreate the world with love and with peace and with justice. The story we tell as Christians does not end when the Christmas tree comes down or even later in the story when all the Easter alleluias are done for the year. God's story of recreating the world with love and with peace and with justice continues to be written in our lives each and every day. So as we draw near to the great festival of Christmas, we don't anticipate receiving a gift that will get put on a shelf or stuffed into a drawer, but rather a gift that we will hold tenderly, allowing its grace to daily energize and guide us to write our part of the next chapter in God's story with courage and with care. The gift we receive in this season is not only a baby born long ago, but the promise of a world renewed and our call to participate in that promise. Even from the moment Jesus was born, he and his story reveal our call to protect the vulnerable from all that would do them harm, to shelter those with nowhere to lay their heads, to welcome the refugee who flees from violence, to greet the spirit of God in every human face, to be led by love and grace, and in all things, be committed to peace on earth and goodwill toward all people. Today, we joyfully proclaim the story of God's presence and promise made incarnate in Jesus, and that remains incarnate in each one of us. May the grace of Christ warm our hearts as we receive the gift of Jesus and give us courage to write the next chapter of God's story with love, with peace, with justice, and with joy. Amen. <laughs>